Hello, welcome back to a new episode of Starting XI Podcast. Ego Kramer, joined the wonderful two co-hosts, per usual, same uh, same crew as every week. Who else um, would it be, bro? Well, that's true. Who else would it be? It's from our studios or our various studios slash homes, um, you know, COVID. So, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot to hop into. Uh, we didn't do a um, weekly edition last week for the league. So, we did it for the Champions League, but not the league. So, we have a little bit to catch up on for sure. Um, yeah. Yep. And I think we're going to start off in, in Spain because I think that's, you know, probably the closest race or one of the closest race races. There's been a lot of updates recently as well, uh, along with these past uh, two weeks um, mm-hmm. that La Liga has been played. And so right now, it just stands. It's still Atletico Madrid first place. And by the way, all the matches played are even now, so there's no games in hand, at least for the top uh, four. So, or for, for everyone, actually. Yeah. Um, and Atletico have a four-point lead uh, on Barca and a six-point lead on Madrid. So it's still very close. Um, I think we can rule Sevilla out. I think we've been doing that for a while, but just firm, I guess. Um, and of course, there's been some, some big games coming up, especially this weekend, which we're going to see, I believe, um, Sevilla and Atletico Madrid. That's going to be huge. Weekend. Yep. Next weekend. Yep. It's going to be huge. Um, but I guess we're going to touch on teams overall. So I guess we start with Atletico Madrid since they've remained first place. Um, of course, they did tie Real Madrid last minute, equalizer from Benzema. Um, you know, the B Athletic Club, pretty lucky as, uh, per usual, as we see them in the leagues. Before tying Getafe, and then um, of course they lost to Chelsea in Champions League, which is probably a bonus for them. I I I'd argue, and they beat Alaves this past weekend, one zero. Um, Alaves having a chance in the eighty fifth minute to uh, have a penalty, Oblak saved it. So, but see, I'll hop right to you. I mean, how big is that save going to be? You think? I mean, that's two points that Oblak, like you know, literally saved um, from that penalty. And how how crucial could those two points be? I mean, you think it's going to be a two point race, maybe? I mean, seeing like the way the the league is going for now, I think it's definitely going to be close. Uh, I think everybody knows that it's going to be close during the end of the season, especially with Barca and Atletico now out of the out of the Champions League, so they have yeah. a little bit more to play for. But um, I think that save is huge because two points can really make the difference. We saw it last year with um, I think it was. Aston Villa or something, that goal that wasn't called, uh, that ended up sending a team down. I don't remember what team it was, but it was a VAR, a scandalous VAR yeah. mistake that gave Aston Villa a point, I think, or three points, uh, and would have saved the other team. I don't remember what team it was. Was it Sheffield United? I don't know. But, I mean, these are the type of things that, like, seasons definitely come down to these points, and two points is a lot. Like, people tend to play off... Uh, these minimal amount of points, but the gap is only four points, as you said, and it could very well come down to one point, even goal differential, head-to-head. And so that's huge from Old Black. And um, I think he just has to be clutch for them going going to the end of the season, as he's been basically his whole career. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, of course, it was kind of a traditional performance from Atletico Madrid. Um, Didn't create much, didn't do that much in the game. I thought Alaves had the better chances to score, but Luis Suarez coming coming up big for Atletico Madrid as he's done so many times this season. I mean, Spencer, how how big is that save going to be? And do you think someone can tip off Atletico Madrid? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts going into the last few games of the season? I mean, I think you have to say that if any team's going to tip off Atletico Madrid right now, it looks like it will be Barcelona. 
I think there is a huge game on May 9th with three weeks, four weeks left to go in the season. Barcelona hosting Atletico at the Camp Nou. And Mm -hmm. I think the season may very well come down to that. Although I want to roll Madrid out of it quite yet, especially with El Clasico coming up. But yeah. I think they might just be a little distracted by a Champions League run, which could affect their league results. Yeah, and let's that's, that's shift to Barcelona. Why not? Because, as you say, I mean, they're in incredible form. Um, they had a big, big test this past weekend against Real Sociedad team, who has been really good this season. They've slacked off recently. Um, and, and they beat them 6-1. It was an alliteration, really, of, of Real Sociedad. Did um, you know Des grabbing two goals, of course, so side note. But... But yeah, I mean, who Barcelona's in great form. Messi's in great form, and as you, as Spencer said, there's going to be some big games, and, and of course, the Clásico that's coming up. Do you, what are your, what are your chances for Barcelona winning this league? I and mean, what's like maybe your percentage? Do you think Barca can grab this, uh, this, this, this league this season? Yeah, my, I think people definitely shouldn't downplay, and we aren't downplaying a, a win like this because not only is it important, it's against a very good side, which is yeah. Real Sociedad. Uh, earlier in the season, they were contending for for a top four finish. They they were first at one point, so it's a very good team with David Silva and Isaac and all these players. Six one, it's crazy. Sergio Des did have a great game, so did Messi. I think they're definitely going to be. Um, I think they're going to be the main threat to Atletico just because Madrid still has to focus on uh, Liverpool, and they're going to have. Uh, and up upcoming, they're gonna have one like one week where they play Liverpool, and then Barcelona, and then Liverpool again later on. So I think that stretch is gonna be difficult for them, and they they just need to focus on the Champions League for now because I think top four basically for now is secured for them. Uh, but I think Barca is definitely gonna be a bigger threat just because Real Madrid has more on the plate, especially in terms of, like injuries and Champions yeah. League, for example. Yeah, and I think one thing for Barcelona um, that's been clicking as of as of late, and I'm very happy that Ronald Koeman came, um, decided to do this. I thought he should have decided this way longer, but they've been playing five in the back um, with Des and Alba as wingbacks. So, of course, they're defending with five and, and using Frankie De Jong as that middle center back slash CDM. He kind of shifts up and down in the midfield, and that's been really big for them because they're not conceding many goals recently. Um, they kept a few clean sheets, conceded one against... So see that, I think one in their past game as well. But that's that's been a great um, improvement. Is is that they've been able to score goals this season usually, but they haven't been able to defend, and they're doing that now, and that does make it um, make them very scary for a challenger. And right, we'll switch to Real Madrid, who's third place. Um, they're catching some form as well, of course, after beating Atalanta uh, in that second leg. They look really good. They've they've you know they escaped Elche um, narrowly, two goals from Benzema. And then they beat Celta Vigo, two goals from Benzema and assists from Benzema. And Benzema's on fire. Um, they have Abar next. Spencer, what what are your thoughts on Real Madrid? I mean, as Matias said, they're still in the Champions League. They have a big game against Liverpool, so they're they're still divided. They are getting some players back, but they still have a lot of injuries, and they really are just relying on Benzema, who I think has eight goals in the last five or something now. Um, what what are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, who's a bigger threat to Atletico Madrid? Do you think Madrid or, or Barcelona? I think it has to be Barcelona, just based on the fact that apart from Benzema, as you said, there's nowhere on Madrid's yeah. team where you can definitely say a goal is coming from. Although Barcelona's 
still do have a little problem of over-reliance on Messi. They also do have other threats with the Griezmann picking up form. Dembele looks dangerous. And finally. I, finally. Yeah. And I just don't really see any dangerous backup options for Madrid. And they've really been struggling to find another option other than Benzema really ever since Ronaldo left. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Benzema has been unreal this season as he was last season. Um, he's carried them these past two seasons, um, really showing what his, his talent is as a playmaker and as a, just a natural goal scorer. Um, and Matias, there's a lot of people pointing towards that April 6th um, through April 14th in, with, in which Madrid are going to play Liverpool, Barca, and Liverpool again. Look, do you think that's going to be a week that Madrid, it's it's either we're going to see if they're going to win anything, maybe, or if, that, you know, if they lose all three of those games, if they get knocked out, um, is that the end for any trophy hope this season? Um, I mean, of course, if, if you get knocked out, it's a big blow, especially if you underperform against a team like Liverpool, who is, has been hurt by injuries and aren't favorites, I think, in this tie. I think Madrid are still favorites. Um, and if you lose to Barca, of course, it's the it's the Clasico. Uh, it still holds value and mentally it's a blow. But I think with the experience that they have on all three levels of the pitch, all four levels, uh, and including the coach, I think personally I have the feeling that out of those three games, they'll be able to come away with with wins in two of the in two of the three games. I think personally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that week is going to be huge. Um, you know, I think I think they are going to be able to come out with that. Hopefully, with you know, two wins at least, or you know, win in, in against Barca and advance uh, past Liverpool. But that's going to be super hard to ask. Um, and I guess I mean that does have the overall arching question um, that we ask every week, and it's it's really hard because it changes the week. What do you first? Who's going to win La Liga? Um, and and and. Yeah, who's who's going to win it? Who's going to come out? Uh, up until every week, up until really recently, I have been saying Atletico, but I think I'm gonna have to change to Barcelona. I think ever okay. since uh, the PSG, the first PSG loss, they've really picked up form, and even though they couldn't uh, overcome that loss in the second leg. I think they've performed unbelievably and really could have with better finishing. And I think that's translated to the league. Atletico, on the other hand, basically haven't changed anything since their eliminations to Chelsea. And I think at some point their luck is going to run out and they're going to go on a dry spell where they can't just win games off one goal or maybe two. Yeah, and see you. Mm. I'm going with uh, Real Madrid. Okay. Yeah. All right. For me, I'm I'm still gonna stick with Atletico Madrid. Not really sure why. I just think <laughs> we're still first place. Yeah, I for me it's really just kind of fifty fifty for everybody. But I'm gonna go with Atletico Madrid. Um. Yeah, but. I just said this this next weekend against Sevilla. That's going to be a tell. It's going to be a big tell of, of who's, or whether they're still in it or they're going to drop form. I mean, they can lose that game and still be ahead, but 
one point is 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 not going to be or possibly one point yeah. will not be very reassuring for Atletico Madrid fans. Yeah. Okay, so I think it does wrap up the era. We'll move on to the next league. And I guess we're going to hop over to. Uh, I guess we'll go to the Premier League. Why not? Of course, Premier League. Man City already won the Premier League. Um, <laughs> but the more realistic and cool race has to be the top four, um, or I guess the other three. Um, Man U sits, sitting at second right now. Leicester third. Chelsea fourth. West Ham fifth. Of course, West Ham going to 3 0 against Arsenal, blowing that and tying, which was huge for them. And they could have been level on points with Chelsea, but they're not now. Mm-hmm. Um, look, see, yeah, I. What what are you thinking for the other three? I mean, I, I'm me personally. I'm think Man United will finish second place. Um, but for you, what who are you thinking is going to sneak in there? Is West Ham going to go all the way or, or not necessarily? Mm. Uh, I think now that Tottenham got knocked out of the Europa League, which is a joke, honestly, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and with Liverpool, I think I don't think Liverpool is going to be in this type of form for much longer. Um, those are definitely going to be two of the bigger threats, and Everton, I guess. But I think those are the main threats in my eyes. And I just think, in my opinion, I think Leicester is going to finish second ahead of Man U just because, um, I don't know, I have a feeling. And recently, Iheanacho has been one of the better strikers in the in the Premier League, which is incredible to see. He's been absolutely on fire uh, with two goals in his last game. So that's great to see. Uh, they have great strikers on that team, just a great overall team, and they're very underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, where are you leading with the top four? I mean, as Matias said, Tottenham got knocked out, pretty embarrassing. Um, but I guess it does. You could argue as a Tottenham fan, where now we can focus straight on the top four. I mean, can Tottenham make it? Or who, who's going to make I it? I don't think Tottenham's going to be able to make it. And I think it's very tough to see any of the top four teams slipping up but I mean this has been a crazy season and I don't think West Ham I think the Arsenal loss the Arsenal tie which was essentially a loss let's be honest yeah, really yeah. Uh, is was very damaging to West Ham you don't believe in Jesse Lings <laughs> Jay Lings <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I think for Tottenham or for Liverpool especially, I think if they want to make it, they legitimately have to win every single game remaining. And while I think it's possible, considering they only play one team in the top eight, I don't think they've shown the consistency this season to do it. And I think the top four is going to end the way it is now, except Mm. maybe, yeah, I think it's going to end the exact same way it is now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I tend to agree with these friends. I think um, how it is right now is is going to be how it ends. Um, Leicester City, of course, dropped quite a bit in form these past few weeks, but they've gotten their players back, um, and so I think they'll be able to 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 hold up in the top four spot. I think United will finish second, and yeah, Chelsea, who are in great form, um, on under Tuchel, are going to finish fourth. But it's going to be close. I really, you know, Liverpool has had a really bad season. Of course, we all know why. Um, but yeah, there's still, you know, five points. So it's it's not out of it's not out of reach. Tottenham, I don't think they're going, they're going to do it. But it's not out of reach. West Ham, I don't think they're going to do it. But um, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting top four race. Of course, every team wants to get in the top four for that bonus, uh, Champions League money bonus. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, real quick, let's let's just talk about Tottenham real quick because, as you say, Matsia, it was really embarrassing the way that they went out against Dynamo Zagreb. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that um, Mourinho came out after the game saying he takes no blame personally that his players didn't show any fight, any effort. Of course, you know, it's classic Mourinho. Um, look, Matia, is, is it time, do you think? I mean, really, what's what's Tottenham, what's Mourinho doing at Tottenham? That she, what, what improvement has he made from Pochettino? Because I don't really see a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, I think we, we wanted to believe the improvement uh, earlier in the season because they were playing very, very well. Eric Dyer looked like uh, a new version of himself. He, uh, he was playing incredibly. I think it's very unfortunate because it's really you got Mourinho to perform in Europe, right? And you're going to go out against a team that didn't really have a head coach. His, their coach went to jail like five days before. And you get scored a hat-trick by some dude called Orsic, who I didn't even know about for this game. So I think it's just embarrassing and Mourinho, of course, you have to respect him. You, I think you still give him another season just because you have to trust his process and you have to be able to trust Mourinho. And I mean, I guess you have other options on the table like Allegri, but um, yeah, it's just it's, it's unfortunate because they got him to perform in Europe and they've done exactly the opposite ever since that Champions League final. Or is, it, is it time for Mourinho to, uh, to leave? Uh, I think there's no way he'll be sacked mid-season because really no one else yeah. could come in and stabilize it. But I think Mourinho could not rescue his season, but at least show something to show a positive with the EFL Cup final in April. Because I think if he wins a trophy, then I think that could he would be able to use that as signs of improvement. Whether that's actual improvement is very debatable, but it would be very good for Tottenham to end their, what is it, 14-year trophy drought at this point. Yeah. And, but... No, they have the Audi Audi Cup. (laughs) I'm not sure if (laughs) if Mourinho's the right man for the job, and I think it could be difficult for Tottenham to keep... Harry Kane and some of their other top players this summer. Right, and, and talking about the top players or supposedly top players, of course, we know the guy Gareth Bale on loan from Real Madrid. Um, I think we can all admit that that move has effectively been a disaster. You know, he caught a little bit of form recently, but now he's right back to playing pretty badly. He had a horrible performance against Arsenal. Um, they're paying a lot of money for him, and he came out and said yesterday that, you know, he, he – and I quote, I think the main reason I came to Spurs this year was to play football first and foremost, but going into the Euros, I want to be match fit. And there's been a lot of Tottenham supporters um, getting pretty mad about that, saying, you know, well, you came here, you're a club legend, you've given us basically nothing other than a few games against Burnley and so on. And, you know, you're saying that you came here mainly to get fit for the Euros. Um, all right, I mean, I mean, I mean what, what do you think is, about this? Like, this why... Yeah. Personally, when I saw the move Gareth Bale back to Tottenham, I'm like, okay, cool. He's going back to his old club. I get that. But did anybody really expect Gareth Bale to become the dude that he was in 2017, 2016? Go back into, like, personally, what I saw from the little he played at Madrid, like his attitude, I, I just didn't see anything really changing. And 
I think expectations were yeah. set a little bit too high because, of course, you want the fairy tale to become true. Gareth Bale comes back, uh, brings them to glory and stuff like that. But I, it's just not what it is. And, yeah, I think he lacks in quality and he's getting on an age. He had a good prime. But, yeah, I get, I get their frustration. He shouldn't be saying those things, especially publicly. But uh, I think people over overhyped the move just a little bit. Right. And I mean, Spencer, what, what, what do you think about that? Because, you know, at this point, a lot of people are saying he, he, Gareth Bale has had a history recently of coming out into the media and saying kind of the wrong things. Um, and do you think that's a lack of just, you know, he's kind of an idiot and he's saying these things that just creates more controversy or he just doesn't care? I mean, it seems to me that the only enjoyment he's getting out of football right now is when he plays for Wales. Um, what, what do you I mean, think? I think the Wales Golf Madrid poster from a while ago pretty much sums yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think it's pretty clear in the Bale Zidane feud who was in the right because if Bale, Bale used to say that, or Bale was kind of playing the mistreatment card from Madrid, but then he moved to Spurs, a club he was a legend at, and it was exactly the same. And I just think at this point he doesn't really care about his career, and maybe he should have yeah. gone to China five years ago or whenever Madrid blocked to the sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And I think you know, real quick before we move from the Premier League, and this will be quick. But one thing, switching away from Tottenham to Man United, um, and we saw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this past week come out and say that trophies aren't you know, you, don't, you don't need to win trophies in order to show improvement. Um, at a club. And of course, you know, there's been a lot of mixed feelings about this from Manchester United fans. So I'm saying, well, you know, we're Manchester United. So trophies are a part of the club. I mean, we're not winning any trophies. Of course, only going to source cards be knocked out of four semifinals and I think five quarterfinals in all competitions since he's gotten to, to, to United. Um, right. And, and, you know, what, what Spencer, do you think this is a mentality thing? Um, because first, do you agree? And secondly, um, if you don't agree, right, is this a mentality issue or, or what? Because, you know, Ed Woodward has came out and said two years ago that um, trophies are one thing, but trophies don't influence the economic issues at Man United, right? What, what, what do you think about this? I mean, this isn't the Man United that we saw in the 90s. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, first, Ole hasn't won a trophy, right, at United? I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah, but I mean – Ed Woodward, I see his point as the director that, I mean, realistically qualifying for the Champions League is worth right. more to a club than a trophy. But, I mean, as a player, I feel you play to win trophies. And as, mm-hmm. a, as a fan, you want to see your team win trophies. And at some point, just making the Champions League every year isn't enough. And... I really haven't seen much from Ole that shows that his team will be able to challenge for any major trophies anytime soon. And by not keeping up in the League Cup and performing badly in certain semifinals and quarters, as you were saying, I think it shows that his project at Man United may have a time limit because even when Klopp was in his early stages at Liverpool, they were always challenging for stuff. They nearly won the Champions yeah. League. They nearly won the Premier League. 
they nearly won the EFL Cup and just lost on pens even in his first year with a terrible squad. And I think that just shows that to be a top manager, you have to win trophies or show at least some sort of improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I have to agree with you. I mean, I thought the quote when he said was pretty – if I was a Man United fan, I would find it pretty disgraceful. I mean, you know, are Man United better than they were last year? Maybe. Um, I, would I guess, yes. you know, physically. Yeah, they, they are. But, right, relying on Bruno Fernandes um, to win you every game, that's not going to win you a Premier League. Um, and they're not the second best team in, in England. Of course, we know why Liverpool have been really bad this season. There's no, it's not, I mean, nothing to hide from it. I'd it's argue injuries. that they're a questionable so fourth best team in England. Well, yeah, you could, yeah, you, I mean, you could argue that. I feel so like I think, Chelsea are clearly better than them under Tico, yeah. too. Right now, yeah. Right, I guess that's probably. I mean, it's, it's close. It's close, but I th- I'd say I'd say yes. But I mean, look, I you got to win trophies. If you're at Man United, you have to win trophies. Second place is nothing for Man United. Um, and I, I I've seen improvement, but this team isn't going to win a lot under relying on Bruno Fernandez to win you every game. That's not that's just not going to happen. Um, but I guess it's enough for the Premier League for right now. We'll have to move away from that. And we'll shift over to another league. We'll shift over to Serie A. Why not? Um, well, Matia, are you ready to call it a wrap? I mean, you think Inter, Inter Milan no, won this? No, no, or no. is AC Milan? I don't think Juventus. I'm not calling nothing. But, yeah. Listen, Inter, <laughs> Inter always dip in form at the end of the season. It's classic Inter. Okay. So just wait. Just wait. You have, you have to have a little bit of patience. You know, they're... They're gonna trust trust the process. They're gonna dip in form. Milan's gonna win the league. I can assure you that. You I mean, so? Juve isn't even on our level. You know, if you can't beat Benevento, then you shouldn't be competing for the Serie A. Milan did their job this weekend as always. So I think, yeah, realistically, it's we're in a tough position. You know, it's it's. I'll admit it's tough. We're possibly nine points back if Inter win the next game. But <laughs> I think uh, top, top four should be secured. Napoli's kind of scaring me, but yeah, I think it's not. I'm not ready to call it quits, but Inter is definitely favored, heavily favored right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm personally ready to say Inter won it. What about you, Inter won it. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm, yeah. I mean, okay. Keep hating. We'll see. We'll see at the end of this. No, okay. I, mean, look, uh, I think we can move to league with a title race. Uh, <laughs> over to. Let's I mean, we just talked about the Premier League. No. Yeah. Is there a title race there? Yeah, it's, it's, true, it's true. Well, no. Let me let me let me stay on in, in Syria yeah. for one second because I think Robert, you brought up that that Juventus lost to Benedetto. Um, it's just another loss from the season. I mean, of course, the goal. Um, that Benevento scored is just another stupid mm-hmm. um, play from Juventus. They had so many chances they can't convert yeah. one. Matia, look, I gotta be honest with you. Pirlo is still there. You I mean, Nedved, Nedved came out today and said right. Pirlo's staying next right. year, and so is Ronaldo. So he gets that to that. So what? So what? What do you What do you think about that? I mean, is that the right move? Or, or I think so. I think if you have the chance to keep Ronaldo and he's willing to stay on your team, then obviously you keep him. Doesn't matter his wage; he's always a game changer. And I think he'll be similar uh, next year, even though he'll he's getting on in age, unfortunately. I think, as I said last episode, Pilo should be given more time and 
it's hard. You know, it's his first year coaching. Um, the rebuilding, as you said. So just a little bit of more time and we'll see what he does this summer. But I think it's the good move for Nedved and Juventus. Yeah. And and, and what do you, and Spencer, what are you thinking about that top four race? I mean, Napoli still have a game in hand right from Atalanta, so they could pass them by one point if they won. Um, it could pass Juventus as Napoli's well. Napoli's won six, six or seven straight Serie A games, I think. So they're on hot form. Yeah, they're on they're on a hot streak. So I mean, look, Inter Milan, I think, is is yeah. guaranteed yeah, top yeah. four at least. Um, and and Spencer, what do you, who do you have filling in the rest of those three uh, spots? I think Juventus are definitely going to get one. I don't think Ronaldo would ever finish below fourth in the league. I don't think. Yeah. I think Juventus are still way too good for that. Uh, I think the other two are going to go to AC Milan and Napoli. Let's go. But I think it's going to be very close between (laughs) AC Milan and Atalanta. I think Napoli out of all the teams are clear. Clearly in the best form, <laughs> and yeah, AC Milan are kind of limping towards the finish. But Bro, I, I don't want to hear it from a Liverpool fan. Okay, I just don't want to hear it. Talk <laughs> about mean, limping, bro. Talk, we have, talk about limping. We have reasons for limping. <laughs> Van Dyke is literally limping. Van yeah, Dyke is legit true. limping. The <laughs> difference is we have injuries. You guys are bad. So do we, bro. <laughs> Listen, buddy. You know what? We're we're trying to get through with. Like, our starters are – we played against Man United with Castillejo as a striker. What more can I say? The dude – it's just horrendous. It's bad. Knocked out, but yeah. All right. We can move to League One, I think. Um... <laughs> well, no, let me see. Let me see what, what, what's, your, what's your other three going to be? Well, he said off? AC Milan is going to win. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. All, all yeah, I know well, is that okay, Milan so... is going to be in the top four. All right? That's all I know. Okay. Yeah, but all right. Well, that's fair. I mean, I think I'm with I'm with Spencer on that one. I think Napoli will finish there. AC Milan. I'm not sure. I guess I'll take AC Milan to finish in the top four. But yeah, them not Atalanta. That's gonna be close. Yeah. Um, that last one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fine. Let's, let's, let's shoot over to France. I mean, Why not? Recently, uh, last Sunday, this past Sunday, yeah. uh, there was a huge game, Lyon against PSG. Uh, it was especially huge because league leaders at the time, Lille. Um, lost to Nîmes two one. So that meant whoever won this game came away with the, with the three point with the three points was gonna go top of the league. Uh, PSG went up four zero, I think. Uh, Lyon got two goals back, but it was too late. Uh, clear dominance from PSG. Mbappe easily could have had a hat trick. It could have been five six. Uh, but I think are you guys surprised in any way at to how? Uh, the league is shaping up now, or is this still a title race? I, I personally think it's still a title race because, of course, Lille and PSG are still tied on points. Lille is only three points back, but is this sign of dominance uh, from PSG a sign of what's to come for League One? Well, I mean, look, I, I'd say it's not a surprise that I see PSG back at first place mm-hmm. in France. Um but I'm 100% think that it's a, it's a race. Of course, next weekend, right? This Saturday. Uh, PSG the and Saturday. Lille. The Saturday after. So, yeah. Or yeah. not this Saturday. The next one. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, PSG and Lille. So that coming right coming back from international break. Um, and, you know, that's, that's just going to be huge. As you Neymar said, will be whoever wins it. that, of course, will stay. Right, Neymar. And 
I think, you know, look, Lyon, yeah, they got trashed. Um, still only three points back, though. And even Monaco, four points. So I'd say there's still a race, but I don't know about you, Spencer. I'm, I'm still taking PSG I mean, PSG I to think win. I'm taking PSG to win uh, no matter what. But yeah, I think that if Leo are able to beat PSG, then that will make it very interesting near the end of the season. Yeah. But I think if PSG win, then they'll be able to just pull away from the rest of the pack. Yeah, it's definitely a deciding game. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, you know, not, there's always there's never a whole lot to talk about France, but we'll be back, of course, after that, after that mm. next uh, game against the OC who wins Finally. that one. Um, the last one. Yeah. And let's, yeah, right. So let's shift over to Germany. Mm-hmm. Bayern, four points up on uh, Leipzig. Of course, goal in two weeks, we have Leipzig and Bayern. Um, that's going to be a huge game for the race. I think we can all agree Leipzig kind of have to win that game. Otherwise, Bayern get a seven-point lead, and I think at that point, you know, it's done. Spencer, is it still a, still a race? What's, yeah, what's going I on? Think, you, I guess it's going to come down to that game. I think it's a race. Game. I think uh, that if – I think Bayern will win, of course. But I think especially if they're able to pick up points in the – head-to-head in a couple weeks, I think Leipzig could make a race out of it. And I think Bayern have shown that they're prone to errors this season that they weren't showing last year when they just basically dominated the Bundesliga the whole way through ever since Hansi Flick got hired. Mm -hmm. But I think since Bayern have shown they're proved the slip-ups, then I think Leipzig could make it a real competition if they went that head-to-head. Mm. I think yeah. it's also very dependent on how Bayern uh, goes up against PSG. If they get knocked out of the Champions League early, I don't see anyone threatening Bayern in the Bundesliga because they'll focus everything there. But, I mean, it's just ridiculous. This this past weekend, they played Stuttgart. They got a, Alfonso Davies gets sent off in, like, the 10th minute, and then Lewandowski scores a hat-trick in the following 20, which is ridiculous they're just it's too dominant uh, and I, I don't I really don't think there's much of a race anymore sadly but I just don't see anybody competing with such a just a dominant squad week in and week out yeah I mean I think it really is just going to come down to the next game against Leipzig they win that I definitely think Bayern will win it if Leipzig win it then it's what one point, so I could still see Leipzig coming in. Although I'll, either way, I'm gonna take Bayern to win, but that's gonna be that's it's gonna be mm-hmm. a decider, of course, um, in my opinion for the Bundesliga. But another big game that same weekend is gonna be Dortmund and Eintracht Frankfurt, and of course Dortmund aren't actually top four, surprising or not. You know they're still four points back from Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, if they win that game, Eintracht Frankfurt, right, and they can make it what seven points. Um, and Dortmund. Spencer, say Dortmund don't qualify for the Champions League. I mean, what does that mean for Holland, Sancho, I mean, so on? Because that, that, that would be huge. I, I mean, I think Dortmund already ha- is going to have a tough time convincing them to stay. And, but I think yeah. that if they don't qualify, I think that's definitely the end. Because I think for any top player to stay at a club that's not really one of the elite clubs in Europe, I think Dortmund are more of a developmental club almost at this mm-hmm. point 
then they need Champions League, and the lack of Champions League will be the end for a lot of these star-studded young players. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that game's going to be huge. Um, Dortmund really do kind of have to win that one. Um, I, I think they'll be able to, but we'll see. They did tie Cologne last week, yeah. so that was a pretty big upset. But I think that does wrap up the top um, I just wanna, five leagues. And we're gonna no, do I just, just want to talk because, uh, of course, international break is coming up. Right now, as we speak, Turkey is yeah. beating the Netherlands 2-0 um, at halftime, which is crazy because – Group G is very interesting for the World Cup qualifiers because there's Turkey, there's the Netherlands, and there's Norway. Norway, of course, is a force to be reckoned with. And if Turkey manages to pull away with the win here, I think Turkey isn't a bad team. They managed to play well against France. They beat France uh, earlier this year, I think, or last year. Uh, and Norway isn't a bad team at all with Holland and Odegaard and other very good young players. Is is Netherlands at risk of not qualifying for the for the World Cup? I mean, it is the first game, so I think we no, should. No, but I think if you like, they could finish second easily, in my opinion. I mean, second still gets into a playoff for the World Cup, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, but playoff. I mean, but I, I mean, know. I think there is a lot of games to go. I mean, after this game, aren't they like? 11 more, 12 more, or however many. So Is it I two legs per, per game? I, it's at, at a minimum 11 more. So I think it's far from a finished, a done deal. Mm. But yeah. I want to begin to speculate on who's going to qualify after just one game. Yeah, I mean, I think Mitsu does bring up a good point about Norway. Um, of course, Odegaard being named captain the other day was pretty cool. And they have Holland and, and the kid from AC Milan. Um, so, but I, I do think Netherlands will advance. Um, right, mm-hmm. I think they're the best team. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it could be close. It's fair. Um, and we'll talk about the international. We'll get into that. Um, of course, once – those kind of settle down and be a little bit more obvious. Of course, this is the first game, as Frenchie said, so it's pretty early mm-hmm. um, in the in the process. But I think in order to wrap the episode, we're going to do a little mini segment. Um, I saw it on another soccer podcast. I think it, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I, I really did because, you know, while first place in this ranking will be pretty obvious, the rest of them I think are pretty fun to, uh, to decide. And I want to go the top five strikers in the world. So, Overall, current form, kind of a mix of everything, right? Just who are the top five strikers in the world. Anyone want to kick off? It's here, uh, Spencer, do you or want me I to go first? One, just say my best or top five? Well, so are we talking uh, about five. natural, like, fixed strikers, or can we talk about? Right, so that, okay, so that's fair. So Mbappe, Mbappe is no. not a uh, Ronaldo, no. Mbappe's not a striker. Ronaldo, no. Messi, no. Um... Those guys, those types of players, no. So I'm thinking, yeah. you know, okay. the usual Suarez, Holland, Lewandowski, Benzema, Kane, Lukaku, okay. so on, so on, so on, so on. Uh, I'll Guerrero, start you know. it off. So those for this season. Okay. Uh, overall, this season, okay. a bit of, I mean, I'll start it off. A bit above Number it, one, I'd I think say. Shouldn't be a debate. I think it's yeah. clearly Lewandowski. Yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. I'm torn, but I'm gonna go 
with Kane. Number three, I have Holland. Number four, I have Benzema. And number five, I have Suarez. Mm, okay. Tia, do you want to go or should I, think... should I go? I'll, I'll go really quickly. I think I definitely agree with the top two. It's close, but not not close between the top two, but for the others. Every, everything except for first place is close, in my opinion. Lewandowski is obviously uh, first place. I think Jamie Vardy, although his team isn't performing very well, you still have to give credit to him. He's had an insane season, put up so many assisting goals, and he's just been... One of the reasons that Tottenham still has a chance to qualify for the top four. I think... Uh, Ton- yeah, for the top four. And I think third, you have to put... I don't know. I think just considering league and Champions League, I want to put Benzema ahead of Holland. So I'll put Benzema at three, Holland at four. Um, and then the fifth spot, in my opinion, is... Really debate between Suarez and Lukaku. I think Lukaku isn't talked about enough. He's had an incredible season at Inter. He's been incredible ever since joining Inter. And um, I think it's it's a debate between those two. I, I wouldn't be able to decide. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, so number one, Lewandowski, of course. Um, number two, I, I think Erling Haaland um, is just a beast. And... Yeah, I'd I'd put him at number two. I think number three has to be Benzema. Um, stats and and what he's done with Madrid these past few seasons speak for himself. Number four, I'd go Harry Kane. Um, it sucks as you say, Matia. I think Tottenham is kind of a club that is really limiting his potential. Yeah. He's still doing really well on Tottenham. Imagine what he could be doing yeah. on a Madrid, whatever Bayern, and so on, so on, so on. Um, and the last one, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna go with Lukaku. I Better than Suarez. He really has. You know, I think, I think what Lukaku means, and of course Suarez means a lot. So Atletico Madrid for a whole season, you know, just because Suarez's age, um, and and stuff. I think Lukaku. I think he's a little bit more versatile, mm-hmm. can do it all. That's not to say, of course, we know Lukaku in a big game, um, is not very good, um, but I think you know this is maybe a little bit more of a current he has form, been incredible. uh, take. To be fair to him. Yeah, he's been incredible this season. So as far as to be fair, but as far as has disappeared in quite a few games, Lukaku really has yeah. stayed consistent for Inter. Um, so I I put Lukaku at fifth with Suarez right behind him mm-hmm. if we were to do six. Um, okay, so I think I think that's the end of the episode. I mean, I'm not sure there's anything else to touch mm-hmm. on. Um, we'll hop into the international stuff, and um, once we get closer to the Champions League games, we'll maybe revisit those, see what anything's yeah. changed, if anything's changed. But for this episode, I think that's a wrap. Um, Per usual, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.